Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm your chunk. I'm Doge, and uh, what's it gonna be? Hunk man? <laughs> and I'm Carter, and oh, you're an Avenger? Have I chunked you before? <laughs> Doge, tell him I the hunk so we can get our beef out in the open. Well, that's what Carter not wants. Not beef. That's what Carter wants. Not beef, mm. but a pepperoni. Yes, fight. What, why uh, pepperoni? My wife, my wife, and I have a tradition on Valentine's Day of making a homemade pizza because we like to eat at home on Valentine's Day because we feel like it's maybe too serious of a relationship to go out to a restaurant. We'd like to keep it pretty casual and be married for six or seven years before we go out. We've only been married five and a half, so we actually uh, we're not ready out, to take that big step yet. But it's seven. You years, did. So it was our seventh. Okay. See, yeah, you're you're in that milestone. Was it hard? Where did you go? Was it hard to like get a table and stuff? Uh, actually, sorry. We did not go out for Valentine's Day. Our anniversary is the Oh, 13th. so you lied to me. It's the day oh. before we went out for anniversary. Sorry. Mm. So we have a tradition of making uh, dinner at home. We make pizza most years, like homemade pizzas. And typically we do it Lunchable style, where we just buy the pre-made crust and then put the sauce and the cheese and the toppings and the pizza accoutrement on top of it. Uh, but this year we actually just saw some pizza dough on sale at Aldi where we shop for groceries. You're uh, Aldi's? Wow. We are Aldi's, yeah. Uh, Aldi's nuts. Uh, but, we, <laughs> but we saw some pizza dough on sale. And so we we bought the, uh, the you know, it's the kind of like you spin on your finger like a cartoon and stuff like that. We didn't do that. But we did make this incredible pizza, like assembled it all on a cut a floured cutting board so that we could remove it, put the sauce, the cheese, the toppings. We did pepperoni, red onions, spinach, and bacon, which was a Ooh. great choice. Uh, like shredded and cubed our own mozzarella, like really did it just like a mama doge used to make. Just a mama doge. And it was I've always super wondered good. if Dogier was Italian. It's good to know. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's super Italian. Yeah. <laughs> it's our tradition of doge. making frozen pizza. Um, of doge. Doge. But... <laughs> Yeah, so we made it on this cutting board. It did get stuck on the cutting board. We actually didn't know how to get it off uh, because it was so fully loaded that we couldn't pick it up without ripping the bottom of the dough. So we actually ended up folding our pizza into a little crunch wrap, basically, and getting some spatulas underneath it, lifting it up, putting it on the pizza stone, and then folding it back out and and spreading the toppings back out before we baked that puppy in the oven. And it was super good. It was very good. And I'm very proud of the work that we did together on Valentine's Day. Look, I'll show you guys. I have a picture of a picture of this pizza. I'll show it to you, boys. Show me, Dins. 
And we'll leave all this silence in while I search for the… Yeah. I was hoping so. There's been so many photos since then. Hey, that looks Look good. at that. Looks good. Look at that pizza pie. Looks very that good. pizza pie. <laughs> That's hunky. That's pretty hunky. It was good, man. It was good. I'm in the hunk because we make a pizza in our home kitchen. In my family, there's a running joke about my sister that it only takes one time for something to become a tradition in her brain. Hmm. And once something is a tradition, she can't escape it. So hmm. if one Christmas, we're just like, oh, we've been making this cool coffee drink. We'll make you one. Then the next year, she'll be like, okay, make sure you bring all the stuff to make that coffee drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just, she's always been like that my whole life. It's very sweet in its own sort of weird way. But it's just like, you do one thing one time. You know, if we go on a family trip to Florida and we stop at some random restaurant just because we're all hungry, the next time we go, she's like, okay. Every so we time we go to Florida, stop. we're yep. stopping at this Don't restaurant. Yeah. Yep. One, one time becomes tradition. I bring that up because that's the way that Doge treats anything I've ever been a hunk for on this podcast. Mm, interesting. Anytime I've been a hunk one time for something, Doge is like, we all know you put chips and sandwiches, ding dong. <laughs> I have we never brought know. it up. I've never brought it up even one time since then. Doge has brought it up literally every time we've talked about it since then. Is it jealousy? It is. is It's jealousy. Mm. I can confirm. And uh, I wish I ruined my sandwiches. That's right. I know for a fact. I know for a fact you don't think chips ruin sandwiches. This is the reaction I was looking for. I know for a fact you don't think chips ruin sandwiches. So anyway, just so you listeners know, that's what kind of petty… Disgusting, <laughs> hateful One stuff time, I deal with. So we all know that, like, I'm the chef of of our show. Like, if there was a chef of sure. our show, it's me. It's okay. me. I I live my life in the galley, waiting to serve food to my beautiful crewmates. I made chili one time, and Jordan, and it's like this is an award winning chili. I have won award. We've not awards, but I have won award. Stage. Everybody on for this, this chili outside of chili church. Cook-off. No. Hmm? Oh. Nope. I, I do have this a award-winning like, guacamole, but that's beside the point. Outside of church? Mm-hmm. Where? At Callie's work? Doesn't count. Not your work. Uh, but I made this the, chili. The guac was my work, though. I made this chili, and <laughs> Jordan served it to himself over, was it lime Takis? It was uh, hot Cheetos. That's worse. And But then tell him the second part of the story, Doge. You're leaving out— And this is Doge's MO with everything. Tell him the second half of the story. It was good. No, that's not (laughs) what you said. No, no, no. That's not what you said. It wasn't better. Oh my God, I didn't say it was better. Yes, you did. Not a chance. Swear to God. Not a chance. It was good because hot Cheetos are good. Oh my God. And you can only taste the hot Cheetos. This revisionist history BS is insane. I have two witnesses to you crumbling hot Cheetos and going, I hate that this is better. It's not better. (laughs) Okay. It definitely wasn't better. Okay. The this moment Jordan said it was better, it looked like Doge was looking back through history. He like <laughs> was, it looked like you were grabbing for your phone or like on your computer. Hang on, like, let no, me go. I get, can prove it. I wrote it. Let down. me go get my 2018 journal. <laughs> I have two witnesses. Two. 
to that moment that will confirm what I said. It's a hundred percent true. Wow, not a chance. That's the difference between me and Doge. I have the courage to stand up for what I believe. Why are you in. doing Italian hand? Because I'm because following it's my culture. I made a pizza right two days ago. <laughs> I have the courage to stand up for what I believe in. Oh man, <laughs> I had a uh, little post-workout half sandwich that came out of nowhere for me. And it was just talking to butter and fritos. Ooh, a little crunchy, Ooh. a little salty. Say it's worth a try out there if y'all want to. Pretty easy. That does sound pretty good. You would be down you, my you, you bake it at if I just brought that up. You bake it. <laughs> Put it in the air fryer for 16 and a half minutes at 450. Pretty good. Make sure the bread is frozen the day before. Charcoal. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man, the peanut what are we butter even do has on this simply podcast? evaporated. I guess I argue mostly. about food. I th- actually, that's not that far off if we're being <laughs> Bring, honest. Like probably one out of every three episodes. But today, what we're gonna do is discuss a movie about ants. Let's do it. Of course, this movie is called. Wait, I gotta get the full title because it's a friggin' diz. <clears throat> this movie's called Ant Man and, and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. And I'm gonna need a synopsis. When I saw that Ant-Man was in the word quantumania. Blew your mind? My mind was blown. <gasps> mm. Yeah, that's right. <gasps> it's in the middle of the word quantumania. The only thing that, that separates like- it is you. Mm. <gasps> Dang. Plot. Wow. This week's IMDb synopsis was written by Wells Noah-89768. And read by Michael Douglas. When yeah. Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne, along with Hope's parents, Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, and Scott's daughter Cassie, are accidentally sent to the quantum realm, they soon find themselves exploring the realm, interacting with strange new creatures. His voice has even gotten higher, I noticed, watching this movie. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. as he ages, his voice jumps through the octave. He's like a, he's like a step and a half up from where he used to yeah. be. Ever, ever higher. Michael Douglas. And, um, okay. I went in with, I'm not going to say rock bottom expectations, but pretty low expectations mm-hmm. for this one. Yeah. And um, so I think, I, th- I want to try something this episode, if that's okay with my boys. Let's save all spoiler discussion. Let's do, let's do a brief a segment with no spoilers. And then we'll go to shout yeah. announcements. We'll come back with some spoilers. So if you haven't watched cool. this movie- so- you don't have to leave. Yeah, you, you can don't keep have to leave yet. You can keep listening. Stay on inside here. I'll, I'll say this: I went in with really low expectations, and compared to those expectations, I actually I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it it is a better journey through crazy stacking universes and worlds than uh, Multiverse of Madness. Not a high bar, but that was still, what I was thinking the whole time I was watching this. I was like, this is just. Like, this is an alternate script for the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Like, it feels like they are two movies that started with the same idea. Mm-hmm. For sure. Which is like, here's two ways that story idea could have played out. Yeah, for sure. I think we'll, we'll obviously save Super Pumps and Super Dumps for um, the spoilerful portion of the episode. But I, I will say, if you're, if you're going to see it and you want something to keep your eyes open for, Jonathan Majors functionally puts the back half of this movie on his back. Yeah. It's really impressive. Yeah. It's I would really say impressive. so too. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about he, you know, this clearly is not clearly, but one of the main functions of this 
uh, installment into the Marvel franchise. We're in Phase 5. This yeah. is the first, first movie, movie of Phase 5. Yeah, and it should be no surprise because really it feels like a lot of the uh, like promo art really heavily is featuring Kang. I think mm-hmm. right. there's an acknowledgement that like, hey, this is, a, this is a vessel for a nice full introduction. And, you know, I was thinking back that really technically Loki kind of ends up being our introduction to Kang. And it was interesting and in how long it took us to yeah. get really Kang again. But with Thanos, I was thinking back on… Because to me, I think I'm still at the point to where Kang is not more interesting than Thanos ended up right. being. And that's… I agree. With the, fair, with the fairness of knowing that we have that full arc for him, right? But it, didn't we not get really a lot of Thanos until an Avengers movie? Right? Was it we not had, until Infinity War? Yes. We had, all of these, we had a like, lot of Thanos. Throne. Someone's whispering in his purple ear at the time. And it's just like… You he know, was a like, major player in Guardians of the Galaxy 2014, which was f- four years before Avengers Infinity War. Semi, right? But it's mostly Ronan. Like it's Ronan… It is, but he had like… Yeah, okay. He had the equivalent of his… Like I think He Who Remains in, in Loki, the variant yeah. of Kang that we see at the end there. Thanos had that equivalent moment, that equivalent amount of influence and screen time in a story That's true. in 2014. Wait, can you help That's me? Uh, what, what did he do in Guardians? I don't remember him in Guardians 1 at all for some reason. Guardians, he was the one sending Ronan after the Guardians because they had the purple That's Infinity right. Stone. So he was mostly stone. just on his throne, like giving orders, right? He was, and he, but he would like, we would cut back to him the same way we did like to the Emperor in Star Wars Episode Five. Yeah, like yeah, it's very. Yeah. He has the line, "I will bathe the Starways in their blood," which is one of the coolest Pretty lines line. in a movie. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what he's up to in 2014 Guardians. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, so I, then I would say that we've now gotten about an equivalent involvement, right? Like essentially, yeah, probably, yeah, maybe even a hair more, maybe even I a little more. more. Yeah, that's why I started to think uh, uh, about the comparison. Obviously, when, when we only have two big bads that have ever really been in the Marvel Universe, yeah. uh, especially looking ahead to all the other things, it's like yeah. we've got a double Kang series, like a two-part Kang. There's just a yeah. lot of Kang. And so to have this much of him, it was nice to have a payoff there because the trailer seemed to have so much of him. Again, we have our classic like in, like slow intro, and this really isn't a spoiler, but it was like we're not going to see him for a while. Everybody's referring to this person. It's like, okay, that's the big deal. Um, yeah, but I think it was interesting to have so much of him, and very clearly only one of our heroes' stories. This is an Ant Man. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I don't think we ever really had that this much with Thanos until we had all the Avengers. Sure. So, yeah, I'm just saying I'm excited that we. It seems we have quite the runway of Jonathan Majors as Kang to really get to know him because mm-hmm. we've talked about how important it is for our antagonist to know their intentions and their motivations pretty intimately. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was a great stepping stone for that. Can we give, um, can we give like a, who is this for? Like, who do we think this movie really appeals to? And maybe who, who should go in with tempered expectations instead? Um, sure. Yeah. Cause I, I think that as Marvel expands and sort of diversifies the type of stories that it's telling and the way that it's telling those stories. I don't think the answer any, I don't think there is an answer anymore for this is for Marvel fans because I think even the fan base is pretty split on what they want from these things. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't feel like you can just be like, if you like Marvel, you will like this. I don't know that that's, 
you know, there, there's certainly a top 10% of just like diehards that will just love anything Marvel puts out. And that's, then obviously this is for you because it's, it's Marvel. Yeah. But short of that, who is this for and who maybe is it, is it not as much for? Who maybe should consider seeing it with some lowered <laughs> expectations? If you so Marvel is kind of doing dual dual escalating threats at the moment. Yeah. Right? Cuz we've got the all the multiverse stuff uh and then we've got the like the stuff with Val with Elaine uh that is kind of <laughs> going that nowhere. To be Jerry? It actually was perfectly Jerry. <clears throat> wow. It just sounded like you were trying not to cough. Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> So Obviously, good. you don't know very much about Jeremy Seinfeld himself, but that's what he <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> uh, but we've got those two things kind of oh. going right now. And I think that this is not for people who are invested in any way into the Elaine storyline. Sure. Yeah. I think that's fair. Because I think that that we've got the kind of, I don't know, I think that that we, at least for me, as I've tried to think about it, that feels like a, a major misstep to split it into two escalating storylines so that things like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier are building toward, and Wakanda Forever are building toward this like Earth-centric Thunderbolts, Elaine making bootleg government Avengers, which is not as immediately interesting as this multiverse stuff. Yeah. Because to me, like we, I think, I don't know, the interesting thing about this is to note that this is the beginning of phase five. So phase four has wrapped as a mm-hmm. whole. And so phase four was everything in between Ant-Man, Quantumania, and Avengers Endgame, uh, which was like kind of a lot of nothing. Like yeah. they didn't, there wasn't really a ton going on. Like if we're to to be here on the other side of phase four, the necessary viewing from phase four to understand phase five so far is only Loki a little bit. Like you, you could make an argument that Loki is necessary, but this movie could have come out immediately after Avengers Endgame, with exactly the same information contained in it. Like yeah. there were not, there's nothing that happened in Phase Four that so far seems important. Yeah. Yep. I agree, and and I think that Loki, I think that Loki will be proven necessary viewing, but has yeah. not necessarily yet been. Yeah. Have um, you? I mean, so we talk about the uh, Elaine. Thunderbolts. Van, what's her name? Is it Van Dyne? What is her? Uh, Val. Wasp? Her name is Val. Val. Elaine is know. named Val. Okay, oh. Val. I I thought her yeah. last name was some also kind of like Russian or something. I can't remember. But so with Val, does that not feel like what Hydra was in the middle of the Infinity War? No, because Hydra was specifically going after one of the Infinity Stones. That was like their goal. Uh, so they tied in. Yeah, that's 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 where I struggle with the the split rising threats is because it's hard for me to care about mean Captain America existing when a universe altering threat exists. Like it's when weird. Kang is coming. Yeah, yeah, right. It's weird. Um yeah. I think that I've I've been thinking about this a lot. If you are fatigued with Marvel right now this movie, I would say, is not for you because it is, in fact, more of the same. Like, I'm not talking growing fatigued. Like, if you're fully, like, call me when it gets interesting again, this movie I don't think is for you because it is, in fact, more of the same. But if you are headed that direction but still hoping that it turns it around, this is a promising, tonally, this movie is a promising entry. 
It feels like they've so. got their blinker on. They're like, hey, we're about to turn. We're about to do something. Hundred percent. That's a. That's and this a great is the analogy. first time I. This is the first time I feel like Marvel has been. Hey, we're about to do something, and like actually, actually believe they'll follow through on it. Yeah. Since probably 2019's Endgame. Sure. Yeah. I think the Ant Man storyline has low key been well, I did, nice. I definitely did. Ah. Has low key been um, pretty integ- integral into the overarching like narrative yeah. of the Avengers story. And so it felt like the appropriate place too. It felt like the appropriate movie to kind of move the story along and, and have yeah. us be like, hey, we're about to turn. Yeah. Well, I so think I that think it was in the right setting. I I would classify, I would break up the Marvel movies and heroes into like A, B, and C tier. And I think that they are almost invariably, with the exception of maybe Multiverse of Madness within the last three years, this hero and the movie are in the same tier. I would say that Doctor Strange is the exception because he's a B tier hero with a C tier movie. But- if you, for me, this is how it breaks down. There is, there used to be a bunch of A-tier heroes. A bunch. There's now one. Just, and this is just based on the information presented to us and the importance of what happens in their movies. Spider-Man is now the only A-tier hero that Marvel has in a movie anymore. I, do, I don't think Thor is in the A-tier anymore. The things he is doing are not as interesting or important to the entire world and the movies aren't as good. So I think you've got, a bunch of B, a bunch of C, and Ant-Man is firmly a C-tier hero in a C-tier movie. And going in with that expectation, it's a pretty good C-tier movie, mm-hmm. I think. And then you have Eternals, yeah. which is like D-tier everything. And the movie was fine, but uh, I don't think we'll ever come back in any meaningful way whatsoever. Right. <laughs> right. Which is why I would put it in but don't worry, But don't worry, they got Harry Styles. Wasn't that cool? So we yeah. think… Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming… Back when you said there were lots of A tier. Yeah. Almost all of the actual Avengers were A tier. Yeah. Like when we had our first Avengers movie. So I guess yeah. both who are still around, Hulk and Thor, have fallen to B. I think so. Okay. Yeah. I, I I could agree with that. You know, when Chelsea and I left the movie, we were talking about how, you know, one of the things that doesn't, I can't remember the last time. And I, it really does feel like Black Panther is an outlier for things that are sensitive to the environment outside of just the movie itself, too. Sure. Yeah. Because I yeah. can't remember the last time there was applause in a Marvel movie. I know. Um, and I think a lot of that was No Way Home, around. probably, I think, is the, er, yeah, yeah, is yeah, the yeah, last yeah. time I remember it. Yeah. That's probably People it. claps for the Spider-Mans. And, yeah. This is coming right into, though, the conversation around who do we really care about. Right. You right. Know? There were moments, uh, there's always moments, especially when we have a Marvel character that's been around for a while, that mm-hmm. we're like, I don't know. And you look at the environment outside of it. I, I I can never help but do that. And I'm thinking about Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly. And I'm like, I don't know. This could be their last. Maybe they're dying. Yeah, who knows? Movie. I'm not sure. Who knows? Right. And it's not really moving the dial for me at all in terms of like, man, this would suck. That would be sad. So we were like, who's left that we're really bummed about? And it really felt like really the only A tier. It was like Tony Parker. I think Tony Parker is Excuse one of the only… Excuse me? Excuse me? Tony Parker, holy <laughs> shite. It happened, dude. Please don't lose this. This is a great point. Tony Parker used to play point guard for the San, San Antonio Spurs. I actually Peter know who Tony Parker, Parker is. Wow. Peter Parker is the only Peter Avengers Piper. person that I feel yeah. like… Collectively, culture, whether you're Marvel or not, and maybe that's also a measurement, is you don't really yeah. have to be a huge Marvel fan to love Tom, Hol- Tom Holland as Peter Parker. And if yep. we lose him, this is massive. 
And yep. by the way, Marvel, we aren't strong enough to lose him yet. No. Right? no there will sir. come a day where it's like, he's got to move on. The kid's 40. No one really believes this anymore. But yeah. it's like right now, you're in big trouble. So that's how you know who your A, a person so they, is, your A yeah. hero. Yeah. They do have a story and a, a general script outline for Tom Holland's Spider-Man 4. It is in pre-production right now. It wrong, although it, Although it is not on their massive release slate. So actually the new Disney CEO, uh, new Bob, who replaced old Bob, uh, I who think is, last year, maybe his, the beginning of this That's my favorite Who song. He's yeah. actually old Bob, right? Old yeah. Bob is back. Yeah. Old Bob, old Bob is now new Bob. And the new Bob became the old Bob. And the Ouroboros eats its tail and mm. life goes ever on and on. Uh, but he, he like, so Disney's in a little bit of a pickle. They've just fired 7,000 employees because they're wow. losing money. Uh, and so uh, he has, in a shareholders call, he mentioned specifically Marvel, Pixar, and Star Wars and saying our large IPs that we have, we are pumping the brakes on a lot of stuff that we've actually announced. And we're going to focus on quality rather than quantity because the what bottom line is- idea. He said, the bottom line is these things are incredibly expensive to produce. And if people don't like them and they don't want to go see the next one, we're just throwing money away. Uh, and so Novel there's idea. big, like the, uh, the Marvel, I think the Marvel news out of that is that there's only two Marvel shows this year, which there've been like six every year since Disney Plus launched. Thumbs it's up for this only, Yes. Yeah, I think it's a great call. There's only two Marvel shows this year. It's uh, Secret Wars and uh, our Secret Invasion. And then I think maybe Loki season two. There's Good. one more show this Good. year. What 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 uh, a great two as yeah. well. Yes. Fantastic. Which two. is Way exactly the direction they need to go. Quality over quantity. But I think, I don't know, man, just like taking the the outside world perspective into it. Uh so the next Avengers movies that are slated to release are back-to-back years, Avengers Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars. Uh it's important to note that Secret War is a different story in comics than Secret Wars is. Secret War Exhausting. is a, a secret team of government Avengers, uh, of S.H.I.E.L.D.-sponsored Avengers, basically, uh, performing clandestine secret missions, uh, which I really hope we don't do that, but that could be where Val's whole thing is leading. That's my guess. The more interesting thing is to do Secret Wars, which Secret Wars was a continuity-wide reset, similar to DC's Crisis on Infinite Earths kind of vibe. DC's numerous crises. Um on this a continuity too, wide reset in, in <laughs> uh, a continuity wide reset in 2015, uh, which combined the Ultimate Universe and the main 616 universe. So that there's one Marvel universe moving forward. Secret Wars is a story about different universes colliding with each other, and uh, Doctor Doom essentially makes this patchwork world called Battle World <laughs> that has pieces of these different universes in it. It's stupid, but it's a comic book, so that's why it's stupid. Uh, but I think if we're going Exactly. But we can go the incursions route with Secret Wars, and that makes a lot of sense with the incursion that we saw at the end of Doctor Strange. Some things we'll talk about in the spoiler-filled half of this move, of this episode of the podcast. Uh, and then the one before that is called Kang Dynasty. So this is huge, like, seems to be this enormous multiversal threat, rumored to bring back the Spider-Mans that were in No Way Home, rumored to bring in, uh, this could be how Deadpool gets into the Marvel Universe, rumored to bring back I mean, even the old Tim Story Fantastic Four movies, like anybody who's ever marveled before is rumored to come back here. Does it feel like a waste if they bring back the characters that that have killed, the A-tier yes. characters? Or does it feel like 
it's not a big threat unless they bring back those characters. It's both. They have written themselves firmly into a corner. It I is think. both, yeah. <clears throat> I think you would have some pretty polarizing opinions if we see Robert Downey Jr. back as Iron Man. It it they have written themselves to a point where they either have to erase the emotional payoff of everything they've done or make everybody be like, if they can bring everybody back, why wouldn't they bring back the best ones? Right. And so they need to find a way to write why that can't happen. Yeah. And here's, here's the encouraging thing. Marvel's done that before. They have found ways to write in pretty good enough explanations as to why some things are a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll take that. Yeah. I but agree. Yeah. I think, I think if, there is peop- if there are people who are close to or are exhausted with the MCU, but there was a love for the MCU at some point, right? There was like, a, you know, your first two or three phases you were so in, and these are memorable moments, core memories. Um, one thing to be excited about the future, and hopefully this will still be handled um, carefully and genuinely, is like we still, they now have the Fantastic Four and X-Men. So it's like yep. this, yeah. like our mutants and the Fantastic Four are en route. And that's something that we haven't been able to say for a while. So <clears throat> there's going to be plenty of opportunities for a shot in the arm. And I think there's some that exist now after watching Ant-Man and having a confirmation as to the character of Kang. Like, I think there's, I think that's probably the biggest reason that we're looking forward. I don't know if we've been able yeah. to say that uh, in a for long a time. Yeah. I think I, I look ahead and I was already looking at Guardians 3 Really excited for that. I really have no idea how much it's even going to tie in to the overall yeah, storyline, but we know a little that, bit. Yeah, I think it definitely needs to. But and I think we need to to start losing some people. Yep, as well. Yep, we'll we talk about yep. that on the second half. I have a lot of complicated feelings. Yeah. This movie gave me a lot of complicated feelings about Phase Four as a whole. Um, <laughs> now that it's in the rear view, yeah, and I can I, assess it. I want to I want to talk about it, but first, uh, before we get into the spoiler part of the episode. Let's take a little break. Head to shout announcement. Welcome to shout announcements. It's the part of the show where we give shout did outs. You say, did you say welcome with a G? It's very front? possible. Welcome. It's very possible. I speak welcome. Uh, I speak fluent Swedish. It's very possible that some of it snuck in. Mm. Did you see IKEA's new Gwelcomen selection? <laughs> it's <laughs> wonderful. It's very good. A lot good. of Gwelcomen. It's made of meatballs. <laughs> it's great. I uh, want to give a quick shout out to you, our dear listeners. Because we uh, love. Oh, I thought you meant the Pin Badgley show. <laughs> yeah, a huge fan <laughs> of the creepy Pin Badgley show. No, no, silly. I fell off that show hard in the first season. Never watched a single second of it, but I did see a funny tweet where it said Penn Badgley was named after the things they saw on the delivery doctor. I like Penn Badgley, by the way. I think I think he's I too. very charming I've never and fun. Heard about any of this? People been uh, people been rumoring Penn for Mister Fantastic, which would be a great cast. I think I would like that. Yeah, I think he's a good I think actor. I'd like that. I think he's charming. Yeah. His TikTok is funny. Um, yeah. I, I think he's a cool dude. But you is not. It doesn't do it. It it jumped the shark in the oh. first season of its own show. It's crazy. Mm. That's who that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, guys, next week, we're going to be doing a movie, uh, the next movie in Marvel's Phase 5. <laughs> it's crazy that they followed it up this I quickly. I wish. Called Cocaine Bear. Oh, my God. I think Cocaine Bear is an Avenger, though. Cocaine Bear, 100%. So, you gotta, you're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna listen to that one. You're gonna wanna, sure. you're gonna wanna listen. You know what, I don't guys? Know why I have just this strange confidence that, like, no matter 
how good this movie is, it'll be a good podcast about a movie. Of right. course, we're going to love it. It's because it's got Violent Night energy. Big she's like, really? That's the movie? I do think a cocaine bear would be more effective as an Avenger than, say, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. I do think a bear with cocaine in his brain and blood would probably be more powerful than the Winter Soldier. Could be that. <laughs> Could be. Him and what Santa Claus. Get him and Santa Claus in the Avengers, and I'm down. I'm into it. Uh, speaking of things more powerful than a Winter Soldier, but perhaps not as powerful as a bear with cocaine in its brain and its blood. Uh, Creed Three is coming out, and Jonathan Majors looks extremely powerful in these trailers that we've it's been true. seeing. True, the man uh, is huge. And you know, we just couldn't find a way to fit that into our release calendar this year. So we're going to do Creed Three over on our Patreon bonus episode feed. Uh, for three bucks a month, you can support us on Patreon. You get access to uh, our upcoming Creed Three episode, as well as several dozens, even of other bonus episodes that we've recorded over the years. Uh, fun things like a goofy movie. Not fun things like Parasite, but still a fun time to talk about. Uh, not fun things like Nomadland, but still a fun time to talk about. Actually, that may have been main feed. I don't remember. Anyway, Gili. you can support us on Patreon. Twice. Gili. Yeah, we got another Gili on there. Double Gili over there. Dude. We got a Cars whole Back to the Future three, series over there. We got Cars 3 over there. So just a <laughs> lot of stuff nobody was asking for, but we recorded anyway. And if you want to support us further, you can upgrade to the $5 membership tier, which is actually called Too Official Too Chunky. Uh, because of a series that we have a certain degree of fondness for. Um, and 50 Shades. <laughs> that five, yeah, 50 Shades of Chunky. And that $5 tier uh, gives you access to our <laughs> to our Discord where you can chat with us. Two Chunks 3 is the, the third tier. It's uh, coming soon. Mm. So I've got thoughts about Phase 4 viewed through the lens of Ant-Man and the Wasp calling Quantumania. We should say, here there be spoilers. Yeah, it's spoiler the edge time. of the map. Spoilers abound. You better start Ab- believing in <laughs> Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. I want to say, first, starting off, that nothing I'm about to say is an indictment on Catherine Newton or anybody else playing a young hero character. It's not about them as actors. It's not about them as people. It's got nothing to do with them. I'm not upset with them for being here. What I am... Realizing this is only a franchise for old boys. We have no young boys. No, no, no. I'm cool with no. all the young people coming in. We have spent three years eulogizing the Infinity Saga. That's all we have done yep. with Phase Four. All yep. we have done with Phase Four is eulogize the Infinity Saga. Every movie is something about an old hero. I is, saved the world. Now what? Yep. That's all it is, yeah. dude. And then it's like, let's bring in a cool young one. The fact that the fact that Cassie's here, no problem. The fact that Cassie, day one as a superhero, can fight Kang the Conqueror is ridiculous. Re- the fact that any of these people can fight Kang the Conqueror is ridiculous. What a crazy movie to include. <laughs> Ant-Man, his suit doesn't make him stronger. Yeah. The, the, the kind of, the <laughs> magicness of Pym Particles starts to break down for me because and it's it's never been great or consistent. No, but at least because it's been the whole well believable. the thought if he's exponentially stronger when he's large, then he should be exponentially weaker when he's small. But the first Ant-Man explains that your mass doesn't change, just the size changes. That's why a tiny guy can punch and it feels like a bullet because a tiny, you know, half ounce dude is punching with all the strength of a 180 pound muscle man. 
But then if he's giant, it would be like a 200-story dude with all the strength of a 180-pound muscle man, which means he can't pick up planes or pick up these weird quantum ships. So it's always sort of been broken, but it's noticeably broken in this when just because he's big means he can fight against Kang the Conqueror. He Not even big. Let's forget that. He's regular-sized when they fist fight over the portal at the end of this movie. Kang yeah. the Conqueror sweeps that fight 10 times out of 10, doesn't even have to try, and Ant-Man gives him a run yeah. for his money in a fist fight. That's insane. Why would you do there's that? There's quite a bit. There's quite yeah. a bit of… Uh, yeah, the fist fight was funny. But the fact that Cassie comes in and is like just as capable as Hope and Scott, and this isn't, I'm not saying because yeah. she's young, I'm saying because she's never done this. All she's done well, is. Well, we're like, to understand that she has done like stuff like this. I mean, obviously not fought King no, the Conqueror. All she's done is used this to get out of getting arrested at a protest and other random little things like that escapes. He has to teach her how to punch earlier in this movie. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. She has never fought before. Yeah. That's I fair. think that's the amount there, of care like, that they're handling all these young storylines with. That's why I don't like it. Because it feels yeah. like they want to have their cake and eat it too and be like, the old hero's washed up. Time for the youngin'. But also the old hero's not washed up. So keep caring. Yeah, that's tough. I thought Scott should have died. Um, I think Scott and Hope should have stayed stuck in the stuck. quantum realm. Yeah, I do too. That was weird. Uh, but with, so it's so funny because you're watching this and obviously, you know, Paul Rudd is playing Ant-Man the whole time. Sure. But you really realize that Paul Rudd is playing Ant-Man when Jonathan Majors only has his fisticuffs left to like fight against only Paul's fisticuffs. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Lost, they both lost suit powers. It's like, this should not even be. Might as well have been no. this slap fight. the most fight unrealistic the thing about Quantumania. But, so my super- Is that t- Paul Rudd fights? <laughs> yeah. That Paul Rudd fights Jonathan Majors- Certified beef boy. Who in like less than a month, we're going to see another certified beef boy, uh, Adonis Creed, be a little afraid to fight because he's such a beef boy. Yeah. Just like that's such a like, such uneven matchups. Kang's powers don't come from his suit. So Kang still has powers when he's fighting regular guy Scott Lang at the end of this There was a fair amount of that where it's like if at the end of Star Wars somebody had tried to just punch Darth Vader. Right. No, he can do way more than just this. Yes. Like There were many times that Kang, I guess, stopped time, but it looked a lot like using the force. Yeah. Uh, to just like stop incoming projectiles or like when he froze Janet. Like, why is he not doing that to these ants? Right. Why is like, I don't know. There's just such a like an imbalance. Kang is only as capable as the script allows him to be yep. for any given scene. And those capabilities are greatly diminished when we need our heroes to win. Yep, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna super dump. I I think Carter was about already. to, but oh, I interrupted. Sorry, I missed him it big time. Yeah, 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 y'all are seeing just red right now, which is great. <laughs> but I'm excited to be a part of this podcast. Um, I am super dumping. That essentially what happened is it felt like we were in the Matrix, but everyone got Matrix powers, but Kang. Who should be so it's like we entered Quantumania, yeah. and now all of the Ant fam are the most capable of navigating Quantumania, whether they've really been there or not. And right. There it felt like with all of this, there was just so many outs. There was like we just I just always knew that they were going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's not really how an introduction of the next big bad should have yeah. felt. Yeah. Um, it was everything. It was just the fact that like Kang, 
who is living in every single multiverse all at once and experiencing all of that really needs someone's help to be able to get out of Quantumania, which really, though, we find out at the end, all we had to do was Cassie had to enter in the formula from Earth to go ahead and, like, it was go ahead yeah. and bring Hope and Scott back. Um, Ridiculous. The fact that, uh, you know, Pim took a while to get there because the ants happened to go to a place to where they got to live for a thousand years and come back and create an army to defeat Kang, who now can't fight ants. But yeah, it's basically a lot of the things that y'all have already said. Uh, it sucked to take the power away from him when the most compelling thing about this entire movie was when Kang was flexing his power. Yeah, when Kang was unstoppable. I think the movie should absolutely have ended with Kang escaping the quantum realm. And the entire when you take away, stuck. Yeah. yeah. Yep. When you take away a power from someone who's being clearly delivered as the next Thanos, when you take away his power now, you've yeah. already lost the next time he shows power in some other form or some iterations like, well, I guess the quantum realm just really sucked that out of him. Or yeah. it's also like, well, now is he even, a, I know he's a threat. I do know he's a threat, but he doesn't feel like as much of a threat if you can just get a big enough army of bodies against him. Right. Yep. I saw what it took to, to kill Thanos twice, right? Like yeah. I saw the amount of people to show up for that. Yep. And with the weapon that he had, which the dynamic is interesting there because you know Thanos is a titan, so he's strong without the the gauntlet. But when he gets the gauntlet, game over. Yep, he's completely. So unstoppable. we did a weird thing yep. with Kang, where it was like, when he doesn't have his suit, he's just like a strong boy now. Yep, I don't know, because I love the moments when he's just blipping people out of existence. Yeah, yes. When he's shooting them and they're just disappearing. That was, I think, that's the win with Thanos. Why Thanos is a compelling and a believable universe-wide threat is because we do not ever see Thanos actually lose until the very end when he is blipped out of existence by Iron Man. Yep. Because he does not lose in Guardians of the Galaxy. He definitely does not lose in Infinity War. And even when his head is chopped off in Endgame, he's still won. Yep. We killed him, but so what? He won still. Mm -hmm. But imagine if the first time we saw him, he had been punched <laughs> punched into submission by a firm C-tier hero. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess he's not that big of a threat. The Avengers sure yeah. are going to waste him, huh? Yeah. Right now, legitimately, with what we were given from Kang in this movie, I feel like Hela could beat him. Yep. Yeah. So why is Hela not the big bad? Right. Right. Marvel even, even with right. thousands of Kangs, if it's just thousands of people that can get wasted by somebody with the strength of a regular human man. Great. 10,000 ants. We got them. Done. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Oh, we already know yeah. how to do this. We'll just get a bunch of ants. It's easy. There's 10,000 ants in your house right now. Just grab them. Yep. It's, it's just… Yeah. No, I agree, Carter. It, that is not my super dump specifically. There was one thing that bothered me more than anything else in this entire movie. Ooh. Drove Tell me, me of crazy. It. Tell me it's of it. It's something we've talked about before with Marvel, but it was at its peak worst in this movie. My super dump. Stop taking helmets off. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. There were scenes where the helmet was gone just to deliver a line and then back on again. Yeah. It was at an all time. Kang's face, they just at any given point, it was like, it's it's the blue thing. No, it's regular now. It's the blue thing. No, it's regular now. Oh, Ant-Man's got his helmet on. No, he's got to take it off to say a funny quip and then put it back on. Oh, Cassie's got her helmet on. She's got to take it. Like, you can talk through your helmets. At Yo, one Power point, Rangers never had to do it. You've already given us different colors of all the suits. Cast exactly. purple. Hope is yellow. You know, at one point, Scott the helmets red. come off in the middle of a mist 
that was following an attack. If anytime you're going to leave your helmet on, it's when you don't know what it is you're breathing at that moment. And they just popped right. it off to have a quick conversation. There's only been, I would argue there's only been one time in Marvel where something like that actually worked and made it cooler is seeing Tony from the inside of his helmet. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. It's like, oh my gosh, look at all these I actually cool things think that are going that's on. the single best. I mean, outside of hiring RDJ, that's the single best creative decision in the original Iron Man movie is being able to show an actor's face without having them take off their superhero costume. Yep. It is just now, that's not to say that Tony wasn't taking he was doing this too. Like later on it would just be like he would take this yeah. off so that you could see him and yeah. If you're post fight so and you want to have a Downey conversation, Jr.'s floating head. Yeah, that was always bad. But if 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 it's post fight and you want to have a conversation, sure, pop it off. But mid fight, the on off on off on. Off, I mean, are you mad at agents? Maybe do we not know that it's it's just publicity? Could be teams? a con- contractual thing. I think what I'm mad at is Marvel not. If it's agents, then I'm mad at Marvel not putting their foot down and being like, no, this makes no yeah, sense. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it really, it, in the final fight scene between Kang's blue, like, not mask, but almost like energy thing that he would do where his face mm-hmm. turned blue. I guess it's some sort of protective shield. And then Hope, Cassie, and Scott, I bet you, I bet you close to 50 on and offs combined in the yeah. final fight scene. And it it just got to the point where it's like, when you do that, it is clearly not for the world. It is for us watching. And I right. hate that. It How did you feel about Modoc's Modoc's helmet on off on off all the time? It was funny every single time, and I'm never sad about it. Corey Stoll's <laughs> face, <laughs> ginormous, was hilarious. Gross. Yeah, dude, that's but funny. that's an outlier yes. for sure. That I don't care. <laughs> the whole thing, we get to laugh at it. Like Modoc was so fun. Yes, Modoc. I was, didn't yeah. know Modoc was going to be in this movie. I didn't either. I remember. I had remembered reading that rumor and then seeing. I mean, you saw him fully armored in the trailer. With his like little face shield down and everything. I just didn't remember it, I guess. Oh, I love that it was Corey Stoll. He's got a fantastic voice. I'm glad he's yeah. in this movie. I think he's great. His whole thing was yeah. so good. He could take his, he could in mid sentence have his mask come on and off over and over again. I wouldn't have bothered me at all. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's reaction to him at every time. Died Darren, in Avenger. dude. <laughs> so, fun. so yeah, I don't want to, so I don't want to just, take a poo-poo on this movie from my perspective because like stuff, I think it's hilarious. I think this movie was genuinely funny. Let me super dump and then we can be positive. We can be all gushy. Let's do it. Uh, One of the most annoying things in media to me is I don't have time to explain. Just trust me. Yeah. You can say that line one time. You can say it once. But Janet spends the first 40 minutes of this movie saying that. And it's like you are, while you're flying your stingray, why don't you tell them about what happened? Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell them about any of this? Her entire like motivation, her vibe did not work for me in any way. Nope. I think it works way better if this was the original plan when we rescued Janet from the quantum realm and she comes back and she's like, I don't know, like unable to to speak or like in some like degree of visible trauma mm. where like she's non-responsive, catatonic, like whatever, like something has messed her up so bad in the sure. quantum realm. And then we get down here and figure out what it is. That works way better than her being totally fine and like seemingly not bothered at all by Kang the Conqueror until the script needs her to be bothered by Kang the Conqueror. And the script needs her to keep that a secret so that they can kill Bill Murray and then get on his ship and then she can tell them what happened in the middle of the movie. That to me me is absolutely insane writing. I can't believe that that was the decision for how we 
I've been out of the quantum realm for what, at least a year, right? We could say she's been out for at least a year at this point. Yeah. You know Realistically. No. And the fact that she never was like, while I was in there, hey, there's somebody you should while, keep your eyes on. Just- I don't think that she was blipped and they rescued her from the quantum realm uh, right before. Well, maybe she was. No, she was blipped, wasn't she? I don't remember. That's why Scott was trapped in the quantum realm. But they rescued oh, yeah, they her regardless blipped. in Ant-Man and the Wasp. So it's been at least a few years. Yeah. Yeah. I think our pre, uh, what do you call it before the title even shows up? Like a cold open kind of? Yeah, I think our cold open could have been the whole relationship between Kang and Janet, right? Would that have been fine? Yeah. And she like has this, she touches the, you know, and she can kind of see everything that he's done in the past. I don't know. Yeah, because I think what are you going to do? Win. Cool. Let's roll Quantumania. I don't know. Yeah, it is a really admirable decision. And I think it works to build the sense of dread before we really even reveal Kang. Mm-hmm. Like we take our time leading up to him, which I think is great. But having Janet be actively withholding information from the rest of our characters is pretty silly to me. I think there's a better way around that. Yeah, especially because she supposedly led like a 30-year Rebellion. Led a revolution for 30 years against Kang. Against yeah. Kang. It feels like she would at least be like, hey, I did some pretty messed up stuff when I was in the quantum realm. I don't want to talk about all of it. But there is a guy you should probably know about because if anybody could get out of there, it's him and he's going to be a real problem if he gets out. Like, yep. I don't know. Yeah. Even if even if we rescue her and she's like, is he following? And that's it. Yep. Like, I don't know, man. It's just this, it wasn't the plan at the time that we rescued her. And so there's a lot of like, we have to to sort of reset Janet and turn her into something different, sure, just to make this movie work. Sure, yeah. um, I I want to talk about positive things about this movie. I think there was actually quite a bit. I think it was Me too. genuinely super funny. What was the holes mm-hmm. guy? What was his name? Veb. Beb. Yeah. Veb. Veb. V. That was my guy, David yep. Dasmalshin. Yes, it was. Uh, he's das on my box Malshin. office ball team. He was not credited in this movie on IMDb before its release. But I drafted him based on year-old interviews that he gave where he said, I'm not playing Kurt, the same character that I played in the first two Ant-Man movies. I'm playing a new character called Veb. And he was in this movie and he was credited, which means I get to add funny. this Veb movie. was hysterical. Very funny. Veb running with his arms flailing above him on the bridge is the hardest <laughs> I've heard Callie laugh in like two weeks. She was yep. like desperately catching her breath. Him being so excited to finally have a hole was very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought, I think this movie introduced way too many characters, way too many factions, way too many people to care about. He was the best part of all of those introductions. Yeah. I couldn't I bring myself to care about anything that happened to the revolutionaries except for Veb. I liked yeah. William Jackson Harper as the telepath guy. Well, of course. Uh, of course. I, I always like William Jackson yeah. Harper. I'm a little bummed because there was a, a rumor or at least speculation. Reed. Uh, Kang, Kang is a descendant of Reed Richards yeah. from the far, 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 far future. So there was speculation that William Jackson Harper was going to play the MCU's Reed Richards. Would have been awesome. Which would have been really, really fun. William Jackson yeah. Harper as Mr. Fantastic would have been it's a, great, a choice. great choice. But he was fine here. We'll never, ever see him again. So good on you, William. Get the Marvel bag and then go do stuff Get that yeah. is maybe a, a little more challenging as an actor, a little more fulfilling. Yeah. I think he's very talented. I think he was great here. Um, I I guess it's time for super pumps. We, we're running out of time here. Yeah. I have a feeling that we can all Time is a cage, out. though, Jordan. Sure. Sure. 
have a feeling we can probably knock it out in one go is my guess. But does anybody want to go first? I don't mind going first. Jonathan Majors yeah, is my super Jonathan pump. Majors. It's Jonathan Majors. He, this is the first time I've been excited about the future of Marvel since No Way Home. Let me tell you, it's not because of Ant-Man. It's because right, of Jonathan correct. Majors. Correct. Yeah. The scene specifically, the stadium full of Kings at the end makes me really excited to see Jonathan Majors go full-blown kooky off the walls. The Council of Kangs in the post credit scene was almost my super pump. So this is a little different than the comics. The Council of Kangs in the comics is actually one being oh, uh, wow. who is breaking time to be there all at once. This is Kang. Kang is a singular being uh, who has basically convened at this point in time from across different points in time. So he took over ancient Egypt and that's the, the Pharaoh, Pharaoh Kang. Yeah. Uh, he's in the far future as an Avenger Iron Lad, which is like the Kang with no eyebrows, probably. Mm. Uh, and then the the oldest Kang uh, is Immortus, who is kind of retired from trying to take over timelines and is mostly concerned with like making sure time still flows. Getting everybody watch uh, so sort of a exactly. <laughs> uh, so this looks to be all the variants of Kang. So this is this is what he That's who so remains fun. was talking about in Loki when he was like they. Uh, you'll meet my variants kind of thing. Yeah. It's all these people. Yeah. And, and I, I just think that even if, what's the first, what's the Kang Avenger, Kang Dynasty? Kang Dynasty, if, yeah. If the army that he brings to fight the Avengers is just a thousand Kangs, yeah. sign me up. That's pretty cool. Sign me up for a yeah. good Kang, Kang cool. an anti-hero Kang, a bad Kang, a crazy Kang, a mute Kang, a tall Kang, a short Kang. Like, give me all of it. I want all of it. Yep. Jonathan Majors single-handedly made me excited for more Jonathan Majors moving forward in the MCU. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think But that, I'm excited yeah, for the MCU for the same reason I'm excited for Creed 3. Just, it's just Jonathan not Majors because, on It's screen. just because it's Jonathan Majors. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's enough yeah. for me right now, though, man. I'll be honest. I haven't been excited about the future of the MCU in a little bit, so that's enough for me. Yeah. yeah. A little glimmer of hope. that we know is going to stick around is a big deal. But is he, though? Yeah. I mean, Kang Dynasty is, what, two me. years from now? Yeah. I, think I mean, so. like, uh-huh. there's a future plan for Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, cause even when we had stuff about Scarlet Witch, it's like, I, she, she'll be here. I have no idea whose side she's on. And, and that can be exhausting. Yeah. Sometimes it can be appropriate. Sometimes I think they should really consider um, building. Obviously it's not going to happen with Kang unless they have, unless it is happening and we just don't know it yet. But I really think they should consider with somebody like a Kang, how cool would it be if every Marvel individual movie from here until Kang dynasty, the villain was a variant of Kang. So that we could build up his repertoire, build up the fear of Kang, yeah. build up how intense yeah. he is. I love it. And watch yeah. real threats get stomped by him. Yeah. I would love it. It's the, Guardians yeah, Guardians Majors. 3 has a perfect opportunity to do this because Gamora herself could be an incursion point since she's from a different timeline yeah. existing here in the main timeline. There you go. Um, yeah, Jonathan Majors is also my super pump. It's like… You just had to wait you know, and be special. No, no, no. It's like going to Chewy's and you're like, well, yes, it's the jalapeno ranch. It's always going to be like yeah. the jalapeno yeah, ranch. Yeah, sure. It's like the best part. I want to try and be exotic and say something different. Almost a super pump for me was just the quantum realm. Same. I thought it was yeah. really fun how everything super was cool. just so organic. And I loved the creatures. I don't think it's easy to pull something off of like some legitimate awe and wonder in new worlds. Because yeah. everybody's going back into… Uh, the cantina on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Every single time you introduce a bunch of aliens we've never seen before, everybody's thinking George Lucas. And the Quantum Realm really, really did look Star Wars prequely. It did. Yeah. It was so cool. I enjoyed yeah. it. It was such a mix of like prosthetic and CGI and 
even the broccoli face, like I was down for yes. all of that. Same. I was ready to see that guy looks in. like broccoli. Like, yeah, it, I, I thought they did a really good job with that. I agree. But yeah, Jonathan Majors is my super pump. I think though, um, I think I still, in terms of new villains, I'm still more of a Huerta fan than I am yeah. of a Jonathan Majors fan, to be honest. Okay. I think I'm more excited about Namor again. Um, I just thought that was, he was, he was more compelling. And I, almost my super dump, well, I guess it was technically my super dump. I kind of feel a little bit let down because Jonathan Majors was clearly going to be and ended up being the best thing about this movie. And we could have done better. Mm. Like he could have been yeah. yep. introduced better. And that's why for me, as a whole, narratively, Tino Cuerta as Namor yeah. is a better villain in the MCU right now. More, more integrated into the well. story, certainly. I think he was also way less beatable. We could For sure. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And, and you know? Black Panther and the Nation of Wakanda, far stronger than Ant-Man and his crew, and they couldn't beat Namor. Yeah. So right now, Namor feels like more of a threat. But my guess is, I would bet some money that we never see or hear from Namor again. No way. No. You think we will? No, he's our first mutant introduction. Yeah. Yeah. We'll Not even one time again. Oh, Wow. Put money on this, dude. Marvel, yeah. Marvel, especially recently, is infamous for introducing cool stuff that never comes back. I don't believe they have any plan for Namor again, other than mm. the word mutant. Definitely coming back. I would love that. I would love um, that. Yeah, yeah. That to say though, I mean, we've got just the rawness of Jonathan Majors as Kang is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's. It's got to be really tough to. He's still keeping some kind of through line, right? There's something that we can always expect from any iteration of Kang in how he acts, how he carries himself. Yeah. It's got to be tough because you can't just go full wild. You can't just be incredibly chaotic. And it seemed like a couple of them in the stadium at the end were. Oh, well, those were fun. Yeah. It seemed like a couple yeah. of those were but, a little yeah. wild. There's always going to be at least one Kang to hold another wild Kang's hand that is Jonathan <laughs> Major saying like, hey, I'm still in control yeah, of how I think we so. should perceive. Every wild persona. Kang needs a calm Kang. Yeah. 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 Hold me back, you know? One true Kang. Um, yeah. yeah, man. Return of the Kang. Also, the Loki stinger at the end was particularly exciting yeah. because that is, really exciting. that is definitely footage from season two not filmed just as a stinger. I mean, right. that is for sure just a clip of season two of Loki. And that is… It is, yeah. Exceptionally exciting to me. Yeah. That, right. And I think it was… The, the movie was just put together so well in terms of giving hype back to the Marvel mm -hmm. Universe, in my opinion. Yes. Because yeah. of… Here's the big bad. And oh my gosh, this is the best thing about the future in general. Can't wait. Yep. He's going to be someone who is just yeah. a get out of jail free card because he just happens to be there. We haven't had that in forever. And then to finally give us the dynamic that is our two leads from Loki back. Yes. Which, by the way, yeah. I'm missing a third. Can't wait until she's I back. I know. But yeah. To see them again made me want to watch Loki. And Marvel hasn't done something like that. In right. Agreed. Right. It's because go retroactively go back and watch something else. Agreed. Loki to me is the only thing from phase four that actually took the events of Avengers Endgame and said, here's what's next in the story. Yep. Like what's next in the overarching story. Everything else was like, this happened in Endgame. Better save the world real quick. And it's like Loki is like, this happened in Endgame. And now this even worse thing is coming. As a result of Endgame, here's what's coming. As a result of next. Endgame. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, in retrospect, Loki is one of the only things that worked about Phase 4 to me. I think it's the only thing you need to watch from Phase 4 before you watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, An organization can't move forward in like its own mission 
if every single event is an alumni event. Yeah. What is the point? We're just here to just wax poetically about what used to happen and talk about how things used to be. When do we get to say like, what are we, what are we now? Like, yeah. what do we become? That's what yeah. that phase four felt yep. like. Phase four is a wash. I think it makes it a full waste. No, I think it does. I think there's probably, well, I think it does right now in terms of like recency bias, but I bet, I bet 10 years down the road, which that's not what Marvel was hoping, but I bet no. 10 years down the road, there's going to be a few nuggets that you're like, man, it just needed time. It, it still is not going to be super pivotal. I'm not saying it's pivotal sure. to the story, but you're like, this was a good movie. This is a good standalone. I can sure. see myself going back to Multiverse of Madness and being like, that's fun, dude. There's definitely an environment. I, not for me. Not for me at least. Like, I'll go watch it. Not for me at yeah. least. I think in 10 years time, you're doing a Marvel rewatch or a first time Marvel watch with somebody. I think you finish Endgame and you go, we're going to watch No Way Home because it rules. We're going to watch Far From Home and No Way Home because they rule. And then we're going to watch Loki because it matters and we're going to skip to Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And you can just skip two and a half years of film releases because they are utterly yeah. pointless. Because I think a lot of the stuff that's come in the meantime can be summed up as Shang-Chi exists now. Uh, Miss Marvel exists now. And like, that's it. That's, it's a one sentence summary of something that you, I went into expecting like this is going to move the narrative forward. And really it's just uh, the Hulk's Bruce Banner now. You know, it's like right. uh, not a lot of actual storytelling. 100%. Uh, of the meta story, which, you know, I think that's the problem with something like this, with the perpetual hype machine of superhero movies is that they cannot matter on their own anymore. It can't be a good movie by itself anymore or we're bored with it, which is maybe a problem with us because I think Shang-Chi was a fine movie by itself, yeah. but it, like art matters more than just does it advance this brand synergy thing forward. It matters yeah. if it like, is this a good movie by itself? Well, if Marvel, yeah. if the That's MCU the, was a collection of standalone films about superheroes, then we wouldn't even be having this conversation. But the fact of the matter right. is, th- it is a TV series that has two hour long episodes. And DC wishes, they've wished for two decades they could have this problem. Yep. Um, I do want to make it clear, like, the timeline that I'm talking about is not being like, when, let's go back through all of Marvel and pick up a few of these pieces from Phase 4. I'm just saying, fortunately, enough of these were well enough made movies sure. that I think they'll scratch an itch someday. It's not going to be a part of going sure. through the entire thing. Yeah. Because I was like, there's going to be times that I w- I'll watch Shang-Chi again, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've already watched and, it a second totally. time and, since we I, watched but it. But I have to turn it off and be like, really doesn't have much to do with Just this. Just a fun movie. But yeah, fun yeah movie. I agree with that. Yeah. It's particularly about Shang-Chi and Wakanda Forever. Those are movies that I could see myself yeah. revisiting just because I want to watch that movie, not because I'm absorbed in the universe. Yeah, I agree. Almost, almost treat it like a rewatch of The Hobbit or something where it's like, hey, this is like not good but it's worth it for Martin Freeman or it's worth it for Benedict Cumberbatch's smoke. Like right. there are elements that are great. Uh, Thor and Oak and Shield's great, but the overall movie is maybe doesn't do much for me. Right. I agree with that. It is time to rate this movie using the scientific cinema scale, which is perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy, buy that, that poster. poster. You got it. You got there. <laughs> the next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it and last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'm streaming it. Um, It's a high stream, almost a rent. Uh, I do think it's worth watching. If you're bought into the MCU, it's worth watching. If you aren't, it is not. This is not like an end game where it's like, go catch up because this is appointment. You're missing out. Yeah, Yeah, if you're not catch up, if, wow. If you're not caught up or <laughs> um, 
already interested in the MCU, this is not worth your time. But if you are, uh, it's the first little glimmer of future hope that I've had in a while. So I like it. Stream. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to rent this. I know I'm going to rent this. And I think contextually, it's like, even if someone's not a big Marvel fan, if I found out like a couple weeks from now, you could go grab that for like six or seven bucks. I'd tell them, yeah, you definitely do that. You know, I, I if it's still in theaters at the same time, I would probably encourage someone lean towards a rent. Um, but I think too, contextually, just because of Jonathan, there's a, this is a special season for Jonathan. Yes, it is. Right yes, now. it is. For real. And, and this is, this is his, mm, this will be his most popular yes. uh, contribution to like this part of his career. His most viewed. There's going to be plenty of, definitely his most viewed. Um, I, I bet with just how well-rounded he is, there's going to be other things that are a big deal. Also, I want to say the best thing that this podcast can do to try and uh, lead the way for that is say, I think we can compare him to maybe Denzel once and then just be like, maybe it's best for him to not say he's the next Denzel Washington. I think Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors. Brings, yeah. yeah, dude. He brings his own panache yeah. in a way that it's like when Daniel Craig took over James Bond over Sean Connery. Yeah. I didn't it's know like, it was this, possible to leave your panache alone. I thought that it just came with you wherever you went. Most people, it's just and, attached, huh? Yeah. Well, I think right. a lot of people just end up hauling panache wherever they go. So, <laughs> Got to get there quick. Uh, I'm going to also rent this. And I think it's worth it for Jonathan Majors. Um, it could uh, eventually it's become a… for the world. I think the quantum realm is worth it's it. Fun. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool. Um, it's a rent if only to vote with your wallet of like, Marvel, please keep moving this direction. Don't… Don't do any weird treading water stuff where it's like we just have to get a movie out or else people will forget that Chris Hemsworth is Thor and he's muscly. Like, we're not going to forget. Just do a good one. Yeah. If you don't uh, have a story did, to tell, don't make a movie. They did a pretty good one. I, sure. I liked this. I really enjoyed it. I was, I, you know, went in with low expectations and my very low bar for Marvel was cleared. And I'm excited about the future of Marvel, which I haven't been in quite a while. So it's pretty good. And it's actually funny. I think it's been a while since a Marvel movie was like fully funny. Yeah. And it worked. And this one worked. It was, it was legitimately funny. Laughed out loud several times. Yeah. The, the, I thought, oh, we didn't even talk. The, the like a million Scots making a tower yeah. like ants do. Great. That was almost yeah. my super. It was really cool. cool. The probability vortex or yeah. whatever they called it. Yeah. It was awesome. Really loved that scene. That was cool. Loved the one Baskin Robbins. Got it. Made me happy. It was very yeah. funny. So yeah, Ant Man in the Wasp: Quantumania is a movie, and now you've heard us talk about it. And I think that <laughs> qualifies as a podcast episode. Next week, legally, Cocaine Bear. Yep, a bear with cocaine in its system. Yay! Is it horror? Is it action? Is it comedy? Yes. Not really sure. Very excited about it, though. I can I'm tell you that. I'm real excited for Cocaine Bear, actually. More guys. excited for Cocaine Bear than I was for this. And that's <laughs> a guarantee. It's going to be awesome. More like a guarantee. Tune in next week for that. Also, coming at you early. That's a guarantee. Coming at you early March. Uh, we're going to do Creed 3 on Patreon. Uh, Carter finally watched the first two Creed movies. Doge's going to watch them here pretty soon. Uh, those movies. Actually, will- I'm just going to watch the third one. I'm going to see if I can figure it out Good. as I just go. Just piece it together. Um, those movies rule. I'm sure that Creed 3 will be no different, and I think it will rule. Plus more Jonathan Majors. So what more could you want? I heard Michael B. Jordan's going to tag Paul Rudd in for that final fight. I just be like, Can Makes sense because he's him? so strong. Yeah. I don't want to talk bad about Mr. Rudd. I really like Mr. Rudd. No, I love Paul Rudd. all the Rudd. flavors he brings. Paul Rudd was great in this. 31 specifically. 
little Baskin Robbins humor for you guys at home. Uh, so t- yeah, tune in, jump on Patreon, get Creed 3, tune in next week for Cocaine Bear. It's going to be, we're in a good time. And then after Cocaine Bear, we got some fun stuff cooking. So do we can not it right now. touch that dial. Okay, yeah, sure. After Cocaine Bear, we're going to take a journey through the John Wickiverse. The Wickiverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leading up to the release of John Wick 4. Carter, have you seen I any never, John Wicks? I've never been there. Carter's <sighs> never seen a John Wick. Those, have you seen all three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, big time. It's a good time. You're gonna, you're in for a real treat, Carter. It's gonna be awesome. I would love to watch <laughs> at least one of these together. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like my kind of thing, but we'll see. Yeah, no, it's definitely <laughs> not anything you'd be interested in for sure. Uh, so yeah, get ready. It's uh, 2023 is coming up all two chunks. I'll tell you that right now. To true. end that today's episode, true. I'd like for each of us to say our name and what level of the quantum realm could you be found? For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan, and they'd have to go one level smaller than they mm-hmm. went. At the very end, I would be um, in my own little quantum realm and everything is a couch except for people. It's just couches as far as the eye can see. Mm. Couches and people. And everybody has Game Boy colors, but they have, it's modded Game Boy colors with a backlight and infinite battery. Ah. And you can just lay around on a couch and play Game Boy. It's also known as a dorm room. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's the Dormiverse. The Dormiverse. I'm Doge, and I think I my realm. Well, I would leave my realm. Uh, I think I would start in the quantum realm, but I would do such a good job, I guess, such a good performance. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure exactly why it would happen, but I would get in a hot air balloon and ascend to the heavy side layer at the very end of it. Uh, leave it because to I Doge am, to have I a merit-based merit quantum realm. <laughs> Wait, no, okay, why did why did that cat go to the heavyside lair? What did they do? Lived a good and perfect life. See, I would live a good and perfect life in the quantum realm and ascend to the heavyside lair. <laughs> Amazing. I'm Carter, and it feels like before we get to the quantum realm, there is a realm that has like germs, right? Yeah, gotta be. It's supposed to be like what we could see in a microscope. Gotta be. A germiverse, yeah. It feels like, so I'm in the germiverse, and I'm working. And everybody's like, with good to talk, good to see you. <laughs> Good. Uh, welcome to the Jamie Vest. Would you like some hosen? Hosen? I would be working with my partner in solving the crimes. His name is Osmosis Jones. Yeah, and we would be working together to solve this um, germs and to solve um, <laughs> sickness. <laughs> Doggy. Just me and my white blood cell, buddy. (laughs) Who's blue, weirdly. Anyway. Yeah. We'll see you next week for another installment. As we end every show, another installment of Two Chugs (laughs) and also One Hunk. We've got a brand new installment on the way. Good night. Say goodbye. 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.